and welcome back. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Renee and Joelle. Also, a reminder, if you have any comments um, about the show, anything that you've heard in the stories or any um, anything you want to share during this time where we do our Bible study, please do text in, call in. Um, we love to hear from you. Okay, so throughout this week, we've been talking about King Ahaz, and uh, we, we were looking at his story as how this King Ahaz, the King of Judah, was afraid because King of Israel and the King of Syria were up against him. And so in fear, he decides to make an alliance with the King of Assyria, who's actually even worse, who's the enemy of all these other kings. And so, you know, instead of trusting God, because Isaiah the prophet comes and, and tells King Ahaz, don't do the alliance what god god is here with you he will help you the people you're scared of will not even be here in the next 65 years or so you don't have to be afraid you can trust the lord and ahaz is put to a a decision will he have faith in god will he allow god to uh, make him stand firm or will he crumble will he allow his his own you know decisions or his own wisdom to um uh, I guess direct what he does next. And unfortunately we know that he decides to make this alliance with Assyria, which is quite, it's, it's tragic because, because it puts him in a position where he is no longer free, where the people of Judah now are under the power of these, you know, this evil nation. And um, yesterday, uh, Joel, do you want to go briefly over what we spoke about yesterday real quick? We talk about a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We did talk about, yes, we did. We actually did. I'm sorry. We did talk about the prophecy that was given, the sign that God decided to give King Ahaz. That Emmanuel was coming, um, who we know is Jesus. So yeah, um, Ahaz didn't want to take a sign, but God gave him a sign and the sign was of Emmanuel, who was going to come through a virgin birth. So before we talk a little bit more about Jesus today, Mm -hmm. um, which is exciting and yeah, just him being with us specifically. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. We will be talking about God with us. That's our focus for today. We'll be looking at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And um, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. We'll just read that real quickly. Um, Joel, would you read that for us? Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. All right. Just give me a second. We're just flipping through the Bible. All right, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. I'll just read from the New Living Translation, and it says, All right, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, It says, like the name of Isaiah's children. Shir Jashab, which means a remnant shall return. And that's what we covered earlier this week. And, oh, this one's a long name. Maher Shalal Hashbaz, which means swift is booty, speedy is prey. Um, the name of Emmanuel has a meaning. It is literally God with us. Uh, it is literally, apologies, it is literally with us God. But the commonly accepted translation, God with us, misses something important. As the other Hebrew names of this kind that lack verbs, the verb to be must be supplied because it is not expressed in Hebrew. So, Emmanuel must be translated, God is with us. Hmm. 
That's really interesting. Um, if we compare that to Isaiah 8 verse 10, I'll just quickly um, read that. Isaiah 8 verse 10 says, Call your councils of war, but they will be worthless. Develop your strategies, but they will not, not succeed, for God is with us. So just as the same as Jesus which is Greek, the, the short for Hebrew Yeshua or Joshua means the Lord is salvation. The verb again being supplied, which we compare with Isaiah, which means salvation of the Lord. But the name of Emmanuel is not just an abstract description. It is an assertion of a promise that is fulfilled now that God is with us. Um, we're going to look at a few verses. Um I just read Isaiah 8 verse 10. Um, we're going to flick to Psalms. Actually, I'll, I'll flick to Psalms 23 verse 4. But Joel, I'll get you to go to Isaiah 43 verse 2. So while we're just turning there, we're talking about God with us this morning. Um, and what does that mean? Um, you can text in your answers if you have uh, any comments. What does it mean? What does Emmanuel mean to us personally? What do you think it meant in this text? Mm. And what we're just about to read from Psalms and both um, this verse in Isaiah, these are promises, um, reminders for us that God is with us today. You know, we live in a world that is essentially just falling apart, but um, God will keep us together. Yeah, yes. How encouraging. So Psalms 23 verse 4, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And you may know this verse. It says, um, 23 verse 4. Oh, I got the wrong one. I'm sorry. It says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Kind of like uh, this actually re reminds me of what we discussed earlier with Rick Foray as he was here, as mm -hmm. he was describing, he used to believe that God would, you know, serving God in ministry or just being a Christian yeah. would mean that we wouldn't have troubles and tribulations or mm -hmm. anything bad would happen because God would protect us from pain. But that's quite opposite from the truth. Yeah. The truth is that life has valleys of uh, that are hard and rough to go through, yeah. but God comes with us despite it all. Yeah. Do you want to read verse four as well? So um, Psalm 23 verse four, that's perfect for what you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. Mm, what encouragement. Mm. And I'll continue. We'll read Isaiah chapter 43 and I'll read verses uh, maybe one and two. It says, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. I just want to make sure. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the wrong one. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Okay. <laughs> All right. My apologies. So as I 41, there we go. Um, this is one and two. Is that correct? Uh, 43 verse two. Isaiah oh, chapter there we 43, go. Sorry, verse right, so 43 verse 2, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Mm. Wow. So again, this is indicating you will go through the hard times, yeah. through the fire, through the waters, but um, you will not be burnt or you will not be um, yeah, overwhelmed or overtaken. Yeah. I just want to jump real quick. I, mm. I like to 
just going back to what Rick Ferre said, I just really like what he said because when he spoke, he spoke as a man who clearly had had experienced this for himself. Mm. He's been through it. You know, we can stand up on the pulpit, we can talk on radio and say, God will be with you through the hard times. But when you actually experience that, that's just a it means something different because you understand how hard it is. Yeah. You understand how you feel alone. The mm. feeling you actually feel alone. Mm-hmm. But the truth is faith is overriding those feelings and choosing to believe that God, God, what God says he will do. Yeah. And when he promises that he will be with you um, through these rough times, that he will come through. Mm. And he's proven that through the Bible and he's proven that through people's lives. And he's proven that in my life. And I'm sure, I'm sure as you shared your testimony the other day, Joel, he's proven, proven it yeah. in your life as well. And um, as Rick said in his testimony, he had to choose to believe and then he went through hard times. He had to choose to believe again. It's not a once-off thing. You yeah. need to choose it every single day. There are, there are people who go through hard times and they decide to just leave God mm. um, because it's too hard. But mm. it's a daily decision. It's yeah. a journey that you need to keep on um, doing. So faith, yeah, it's a daily decision. I think it's also important to accept the fact that life is going to be hard and it's going to be hard to have moments of faith. Like Mm. I like how he accepted that this is going to be a struggle in his life. He's going to struggle with believing that God is there for him and that feeling like God is there. That's, that's just, it's part of living in a sinful world. Mm. That's part of the whole package, but um, continuously choosing to lean on God. That is the important part. You're listening to faith FM. Positively different radio. Okay, so we're going to move on to just we're looking at some texts that talk about God being with us. Emmanuel, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 23 to 25. I'm going to turn to Daniel chapter 3 and I'm going to ask Joel to get go to Genesis 32, verse 24 to 30. Um, so I'm going to read from Daniel chapter 3. You might be familiar with this. You might not be. But Matthew chapter 3, verse 23. Where are we? Here we go. 23 to 25. Okay. So it says, So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. So real quick, this story is about a king, the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he had made this rule, this commandment that everyone should bow to this statue of himself. And so when he brought all his people to come bow in front of this statue, three men refused. And these three men refused because they believed that God, uh, they believed that God was the only one that the the God of uh, of this God, God should be the only one that should be worshipped. And because of that, King of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar decided to throw them in the furnace. Hard time, right? It's a rough moment right there. But what happens in the story is although he threw these three men in, the king himself saw another man, a fourth mm. man. And as you read further, you realize you come to see that this fourth man was Jesus. That was wow. that was God there, God with them. Wow. Uh, I just love these powerful stories where we see God with us. Um, we're going to see Genesis chapter 32, another example, verse 24 to 30. 
Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Mm. Interesting about that, because if we just think back in Jacob's story, um, he was born and yes, he was definitely born. Um, so um, he had a brother named Esau. And before um, the brothers were born, their parents were told that the younger would be greater than the elder. And if we look at Jacob's story um, more, we see that he took his brother's birthright. He took his blessing away instead of waiting for God to bless him in God's timing. Right. Mm-hmm. So there Jacob um, reached a point in his life where he didn't trust God and it resulted in him having to flee from his brother Esau and um, he was separated from his family for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so the what we just read is um, Jacob coming back to his family um, and to Esau. And the thing is, this is just proof that even if you go through a period where you don't trust God, if you turn away, God is still going to be with you when you return. Mm. So here it is. We see that here God was wrestling with Jacob, being there with Jacob as he's going back to possibly, he thought, you know, the fury of his brother's um reactions so again no matter how far you have gone there's always this opportunity to turn back to god yeah yes i'm going to look at acts chapter 7 we're continuing to look at some verses about god with us and joel's going to look at hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 um in acts chapter 7 verse 55 it says 55 i'm over here okay here we go it says but stephen full of the holy spirit gazed steadily into the heavens and saw the glory of god and he saw jesus standing in the place of honor at god's right hand Hmm. um hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 all right and that says who being the brightest brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Mm. These verses, we've been reading verses about God being present with us. Mm. And in these verses, we also see that God stands at the right hand, the right hand of God. Um, and what better person to be with us than the person who is right there beside God, you know, right yeah. on the right hand of God. Jesus is, um, Jesus is, is amazing. Um, I have a question, Joel. What, what do you think is the significance of the promise that God is with us? What is the significance of, sorry, that question was a bit high gallon, but you know what I'm getting to. Yeah, well, I think it's just, that reminded that you're never alone and there is hope. 
Um, and, you know, sometimes God needs to explicitly say that he's with us because oftentimes we feel like he's not. Yeah. Um, so here he is just reassuring um, us as his children. And even when he was telling King Ahaz, talking about Emmanuel, he's like, God is with us. And even at that point, um, that could have been a reminder for Ahaz as well, saying, don't stress I am with you right now. You don't need to worry about the enemies around you. I am with you. Um, And we saw what happened when you when he didn't trust God. So I think Mm -hmm. it's just an encouragement to keep looking ahead, um, choosing today to trust. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah, we can do that again tomorrow. Essentially, let tomorrow worry about itself. I think there is no stronger assurance and comfort than the fact that God is with us. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't promise that his people will not endure hardship and pain. But he promises that he'll be with them. And the psalmist says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, Mm. I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, And sometimes it's good. You know, I think we have an idea of we have an expectation of what that looks like. mm -hmm. If God will be with us. Well, like if I'm financially in trouble, then that means I need to get a job or that means someone's just going to give me money. Mm. But sometimes God has other ways of providing for what we need. Maybe someone gives us food for mm. the day, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, so sometimes God works through other people and in a way that we don't expect. So I think we also shouldn't have um, too many expectations of how we want our prayers answered. Allow yes. God to work yeah. in the miraculous way that he will. Let God be God. Mm. Um it says in Psalms 23 verse 4 it kind of compare it Psalms the Psalm 23 talks about Jesus being the shepherd and there are a few verses in the Bible that says that a stranger's voice I will not heed mm. um but like but talking about a person um, only learning to to hear the voice of Jesus and obey that voice only and when you hear any other voice you don't listen to that voice because that's that's that voice will lead you astray. Mm. And the thing about shepherds um, is that they would be with the sheep 24 seven. They would talk. I don't know what they would do. They'd probably talk to the sheep. I think, it, you know, it'd be beautiful to sit on the hills. But after a while, I think I'd start talking to the sheep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're by yourself, I'm sure they had shepherd friends with them. Um, but I think the sheep would know it would become so familiar with the shepherd that they would actually understand and he and and recognize the voice mm. of the shepherd mm. um, because that shepherd was with them all yeah. the time. That shepherd was protecting them. That shepherd f- protecting them from wild animals. That yeah. shepherd was leading them to greener pastures. Yeah. Um, and maybe they had to go through a, a stony valley. Maybe they had to go through some rough terrain. Yeah. But that those sheep know that the shepherd is there to take care of them. Yeah. And yeah, that's uh, the kind of relationship we have with Christ. Beautiful. And again, relationships take time, right? Yes. Yeah. And sheep know the shepherd's voice because they spend time with him. And this goes back to, you know, the important fact of having that time with God every single day, having um, devotional time, spending time praying, spending time in community as well. Um, We're supposed to spend time with um, people who encourage us, who pray for us and with us. And um, when we do that, it'll be easier for us to hear God's voice through the trials, mm. through the darkness, mm-hmm. through the valleys, because we know his voice. Um, so being intentional again about spending that time with God, it's going to um, be easier to recognize his voice um, during those difficult times. Oh, yes, recognize the voice. Um, yeah, during those difficult times. I love that. Um, Ellen G. White 
uh, she says a real awesome quote that Jesus knows us individually and is touched by our feelings of infirmities. Mm. He knows us all by name. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's our shepherd who will take care of us. I'm just rephrasing right now, but yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Text us in if you have any uh, comments about the Bible study that we're having. We've been talking about Emmanuel and the promise that God is with us. And Mm. very interesting that this was a sign that God decided to give King Ahaz despite his lack of faith. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Jesus, right? So Emmanuel, this was... um this was something that was going to happen in the future. Mary's going to give birth to the son, as we know, was Jesus. Um, do you want to turn with me to John chapter 1? Absolutely. And we'll read verse 14. John chapter 1, John verse 14. You can read that once you're there. All righty. Um, okay, here we go. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. All right, beautiful. So this is talking about Jesus who was coming from God, right, Mm. Um, to the earth. And I don't know if you've really thought about this, but when God came and, you know, he's physical human state, he took on everything like we did, right? Mm. So even like I was thinking about this morning, like the mundane things of life, like going to work, maybe, well, he probably didn't drive, so he had to walk to work, you know, just things like that. And he could have come in such a different way, but yet he is God with us right there in human flesh, um, taking on life as we live it. And there's this... Um, song that I like. It's called A Strange Way to Save the World. And I'm just going to read the lyrics of the chorus. It says, um, this is in Joseph's view. So Joseph is um, speaking, Joseph being um, Jesus's father, earthly father. It says, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him? With all the rulers in the world, why here inside the stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now, I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say, but this is such a strange way to save the world. Mm. And I love that because, you know, God um, being who he is, all powerful, all knowing, he could have come like the Jews wanted him to come with um power with um you know kingly status with money with, with influence. wealth exactly he could have been like handsome he could have been like you know something that people would look up to that people would notice immediately, immediately. recognize immediately and you know he could have had the military you know won all the enemies um and yet he didn't so he came in such a different way that we expected. And the life that he lived was just so inspiring. He came as a servant, right? He came um, to be humble, to show us how to live life. And, you know, what was interesting when we look at Jesus's life, we just see the way that he he served people and the kind of needs that he met. Because obviously, when we look at Jesus's life, we want to see how can we... Um, be similar to him. And um, there are different kind of needs that he met. So for example, in John chapter two, Jesus met some social needs of those in his community. So in John chapter two, it talks about the wedding feast of Cana. You know, there's a wedding, you know, he helped turn the water into wine. So he saw to people's social needs. Then um, in John chapter three, Jesus met um, spiritual needs through his um, discussion with Nicodemus. Mm. There was spiritual needs that he met. Then in chapter, 
John chapter 4, we see God met, Jesus met emotional needs. Um, there was this issue with a Samaritan woman um, in that chapter. And then John chapter 5, Jesus met physical needs. Um, and in John chapter 5, it talks about the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. So all of these things, you know, he was so... Um, present right he was literally there no matter what people were going through no matter what their circumstances he was there he was adapting to the needs of the people and likewise for us we need to be um you know we need to pray to god to open our eyes to the needs of those around us because different people need different things but i think it's just so inspiring his life and the way he came to serve us right instead of just rule over us and tell us how to live our lives um we have free will and so we have a choice to follow him or not to follow him yeah and jesus was the kind of leader that was he he made but there's a there's a word that I love that a quote says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities mm. he knows what it's like what you just said what it's like to suffer through this life he just knows yeah. that the little things that mm. might annoy us or just get us frustrated or might be tedious to mm. do he knows it um yeah, so that's why he can relate to what we're going through right now. And he can literally be with us, yeah, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah. he has that experience as well. Yeah, I like that he's with us. But also we read some verses that he's also he also stands by the right hand of God, mm. speaking to God and mm-hmm. speaking on our behalf. Yeah, interceding for us. Interceding for us. That's right. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. God says a beautiful, uh, I'm just turning there, beautiful um, little verse there, 43 verse 2. And God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, oh. the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Um, beautiful amazing um can i get you we won't turn to another verse how how about over here okay um it says that where was god when the babylonians threw daniel's three friends into the fire he was with them Mm -hmm. and where was god during the time of trouble in jacob's uh in the time of jacob's trouble when he wrestled until daybreak in Jacob's arms as close as he could get. Even when the Lord does not appear in physical form on earth, he goes through the experiences of his people with them. Where was the Lord when the mob condemned Stephen standing at the right hand of God? But where was when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's Hebrews one verse three. Why did he stand when Hebrew was in trouble about to be stoned to death? As Morris Venden has said, Jesus wasn't going to take that sitting down. <laughs> you know, yes. even though we have the promise that God is with us, what difference does that make if we face terrible trials and sufferings? I think it makes all the difference. Mm, absolutely. Um, it, it makes it going through it worth it because you know that there is something behind all that trouble, trials yeah. and tribulation. You know that this isn't the end of the story. No, not at all. Um, there, is, there is something at the other side. There is better. There is life. There is eternal life on the other side. Um, 
I just think, I guess in closing, this has been an awesome study. We've been talking a lot about God being with us. We were going through stories of how God, you know, (laughs) there's a preacher that says from one end of the book to the other of the Bible, God has never left the human story. He's Mm. been there. He's been present. And so we've been talking about that this morning, about God has been present um, in the struggles of individuals, Mm -hmm. but also in, in the stories of, you know, kingdoms of kings who have such great influence and power over their people and go how God cares so much. And he's always pursuing us. We sometimes think that, oh, we're too far away from God, but no, he's always pursuing us and we just need to make that choice. Ultimately, it's our choice to turn and accept him or not. That's right. Um, the choice of faith isn't easy, but it's a it's a very worthwhile um, decision. And I guess just in wrapping, wrapping up, uh, just reflecting on how the way that Jesus chose to come he came in such a like such a humble yeah. um, situation where, um, yeah, to, to to parents who had no influence, mm. he came to a mother who, yeah, a very young woman. It's just um, it's a beautiful story that I think we all should definitely study more. But we do hope that you have been blessed. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. It is now come time for the. Question of the day. Okay, so this question is, what must I do to be saved? Yeah, so what practical steps can I, if I want to accept Jesus, how do I go about doing that? All right, well, let's take a look at um, Acts chapter 16, and we'll have a look at verses 30 and 31. So Acts chapter 16, verse 31 And he brought them out and said, says, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So from those verses, we see the first step. You must believe. You need to put your trust. We've been talking about trust this week. You need to put your trust in Jesus Christ. He gives us this free gift of salvation. Uh, We can't trust ourselves to be saved, only Jesus. And that first step is is to believe. Mm-hmm. What is the second step, Renee, from Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38? Okay, so Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Here we go. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostle, apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And be baptized in the name of the Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. All right. So what is that verse talking about? What is the step to take there? So it talks about repenting for your sins, turning to God. um, And then it continues to say baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, but then it also says that this will this will help, like you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit mm. after all that. Absolutely. So definitely that first part, definitely repentance, right? Repentance. Sometimes yeah. we um, do things unintentionally or we even sin intentionally. Yeah. Um, but we know that sin, according to the Bible, it separates us from God. Mm. So if we want to draw closer to God, if we want to have eternal life, if we want to live together with Jesus face mm. to face, we mm-hmm. need to turn away from sin and we need to repent um, of that sin. Yeah, it's important to recognize that sin is not something you want to hold on to Mm-mm. it because we we know that the sin, the wages of sin is death. Absolutely. And so when we talk about repentance, we're not talking about that, you know, an angry person saying, you know, you must repent or you like yeah. with we're, we're talking about a repentance that God is calling us away from 
eternal death and yeah. calling us into a relationship with him. Yeah, and the thing is, the enemy is very... Um, he's good at what he's doing, right? He'll package sin in a beautiful, a beautiful packaging and then you'll open it and only disappointment. It's like a snowball, right? It starts mm. really small, innocently, yeah. and then it just grows into something you almost yeah. can't control. Yeah. Right, so repentance is number two. We need to repent and turn away from sin. And then let's see what we need to do with that um, state of... Um, mind that we have. So we're going to turn to First John chapter 1 and verse 9. What must we do once we have acknowledged this sin that we have? So First um, John chapter 1 and verse 9, I can read that one. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right. So we acknowledge we have sin. We need to actually say it out loud. We need to pray, mm-hmm. tell God that we are sorry for what we have done and he's not going to be angry or punish us what he wants to do is forgive us he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness what incredible hope amen um and let's end up with one more verse um first john chapter five and if you want to read verse um 11 and to 13 so yeah and this is what god has testified he has given us eternal life and this life is in his son Whoever has the son has life and whoever does not have God's son does not have life. I have written this to you to who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Oh, we have eternal life to look forward to in Jesus Christ. Let us take those steps necessary to believe, to confess, to turn away um, so that one day we can see Jesus face to face. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH. FM.